Hi everyone and welcome back to season four of Stand Up and Stand Out. I'm your hostess with the mostess, the Nikki Green, and we are mixing things up this season. With my new book, Chameleon Mindset Launching, I want to share more of the book's concepts with all of you. I have also been blessed to expand my network throughout the podcast community and to other inspirational speakers. I want to bring more guests on to discuss these important topics together. So we're going to mix it up, no more interview format, and we're going to have some fun. So next up, uh, we're going to do a few fun episodes. Hope you enjoy them. And don't forget to give us a like, a follow on your favorite podcast platform. Hello and good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone, wherever you happen to be in the world or when you're listening to this episode. I'm Nikki Green, the host of Stand Up and Stand Out, and we are on season four. Today, we're going to talk about risk tolerance, and we have two amazing guests for you today. Terri Ann Richards is here to share some of her expertise and the wonderful Allie Privet. So I will go ahead and hand the floor over to them and let them do a quick intro so you can get to know them better. Ali, why don't you give us a start? Perfect. Thank you so much for having me, Nikki, and excited to talk all about risk. Um, I think in alignment with that topic, uh, my background is in teaching, um, but I started my own business and it's all about personal growth and development and taking risks. I'm a skydiver and um, that has been like the most transformative thing uh, in terms of changing my life and the trajectory but uh, we can kind of get into that later if it goes in. But that's just a little bit about um, my background in alignment with this podcast. That's fantastic. My niece wants to go skydiving. She's 23. So uh, I might send her up your way because uh, we're just down in Chicago. Because so, I'm not doing it. That's, one that's definitely past my risk tolerance. Uh, awesome. And Terry and Richards, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Awesome. I am a serial entrepreneur with almost two decades of experience behind me. So uh, definitely jump into risk. I am the uh, epitome of jumping off the cliff and building the parachute on the way down. Uh, the last six years, I've been uh, coaching awesome folks just like myself. So ambitious leaders and entrepreneurs who are trying to make a big uh, print on this big, beautiful world. And uh, I have been skydiving, but I wouldn't do it again. It was sort of like do it once not going to do that again. 10,000 feet in the air. It's a little much. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Uh, well, hopefully, yeah, well, hopefully we'll take our, our audience slowly through this and we won't fully push them off the cliff during the episode. <laughs> we'll inch them a little bit at a time. So one of the key uh, philosophies as a part of chameleon mindset is risk tolerance. And I first started studying risk tolerance when I was a financial planner just out of my MBA. And of course, that was sort of the level of risk that people were willing to take to achieve the goal of their retirement. So you put in a lot of factors, age, you know, how close they are to retirement, how much they're making and things like that. Um, but as I got older, I started understanding that this topic was so relevant to other aspects of life. And it was something that made me more resilient to change and things that were happening. So I think it's a critical topic for us to talk about. And Allie, I know you do some wonderful exercises with your uh, company. So why don't you talk a little bit about how you help people uh, deal with risk and fear in their lives? Mm, so such a great topic. I think risk is um, 
it's wherever is outside your comfort zone. So it's really kind of identifying like, you know, where do you lack confidence? Um, where do you struggle or like get in a, a mental loop? And you talk about that in your book um, about just you get this analysis paralysis and it's all about identifying that. It's usually not what you think it is, um, but sometimes. So what what I started off helping people with um, is is getting people confident in like the gym space or public speaking as a teacher, right? It's getting students comfortable in the classroom and taking academic risks or taking personal risks, like something that stretches you. And it just kind of evolves. It has evolved for me personally, in my business with people wanting to um, change where they live. Um, like change careers or um, do something they've never done before. Check off a bucket list item, um, go on an adventure, travel and, you know, literally go swimming with sharks or uh, jump out of airplanes, et cetera, et cetera. Like personal growth happens beyond your comfort zone. And um, it's all of that is just having someone to kind of guide and ebb you through that. Um, most people benefit from that coaching relationship and that kind of, you know, asking those questions and pushing you, uh, guiding you uh, through, through some of that. Yeah, that's great. And, and one thing I've noticed is, you know, in general, I, f I feel I'm more on the, you know, risk tolerant side and ready to go tackle things. But the times when I've been more resistant or more afraid of change is when I wasn't in a safe environment and I didn't have a good support system. And Terri Ann, you talk about kind of three key characteristics that uh, resilient people possess. So maybe you can share a little bit about those kind of key factors. 100%. So I think, you know, resilience is, it's definitely a topic that we hear a lot about, especially coming out of these last few years. And I think the reality of it is, is we all have the ability to be resilient. It's already inside of us, but we need to be able to lean into the uncomfortable, right? Lean into the fact and adapt that it's inevitable that things are going to go sideways, go wrong. Things are going to change. They're going to tweak. They're going to iterate. And so I think we need to you know, sort of you speak a little bit about this into your book about, you know, having that that mindset of having a growth mindset. So understanding that things are going to ebb and flow. And so I think first and foremost, we just have to accept what is right when it comes to resilience. I think the other thing that's really important is you have to have the ability to tweak and use introspection. So for me, having that ability to go inwards and watch what's working and what's not again all kind of flowing with that having that that growth mindset looking forward and understanding that what is right now isn't always going to be the same so if things go wrong then go inwards and say okay what's working what's not and then it's making the adjustments and going back out it's sort of like that that age-old story of uh, jumping back on the horse right you know just go at it again and try it again uh and i think it's sort of like going to the gym and you know when you first go to the gym you can only lift a five pound weight and then you know over time you get to a 10 pound weight and you get to a 15 pound and you know lo and behold all of a sudden you're at a 50 pound weight it's not that all of a sudden it became easy right away it's that you do the hard things you tweak you iterate you lean into it you accept that where i am right now isn't where i'm always going to be and I lean into that. And by nature, that allows resilience to sort of breathe life through you and in you. 
Yeah, I, I love that. And and it's really, um, you know, one of my favorite things about this is there's been a couple different movies on it, but like the butterfly effect of people get paralyzed sometimes by the idea of too many paths. Like if I go this way, I, I'm locked into it when we know for sure every path has multiple twists and turns throughout. Um, the sliding doors one I really liked with Gwyneth Paltrow, which is like in the 90s. But it was like if she got on the train, one thing happened in her life and she didn't get on the train. Um, and I think a lot of people have the fear that like, oh, they've got to pick the right path um, instead of, hey, this is a journey and you have to kind of be along for the ride. So, Ali, I know you help people through this, um, you know, kind of taking that first step, sometimes all the way out of an airplane. <laughs> How do you get people to kind of start taking those small steps towards being uncomfortable um, to getting that into comfort? Hmm. So it's really about that initial yes, I'm willing. Yes, I'm okay to start. Um, and it's like, it, it, it's a shift for some, like it's someone accepting an invitation to, to just be uncomfortable. Um, and to be open-minded to doing something that they previously wouldn't have. So it does start with kind of leaning into a yes mindset even when you're a little uncomfortable because when when you start doing that and you're open to change and you're open to possibilities you find out that that, that it it's not this butterfly effect where you know your life is you know drastically like overhauled from a decision um but rather it it opens up all these possibilities and your mind to uh just mindsets and possibilities that weren't there before you were kind of saying no so it's getting you out of your mind and usually it starts with like a, a really small like breadcrumb or activity and you know you look back after like a week or a month and you're like wow like now this is integrated what else can i do so typically it does start smaller than people even want to like so if we're just talking about like a gym situation sometimes it's literally just getting someone to show up to the gym and lace up their shoes and that is the first step and just they don't they're not doing anything in the gym they're just getting themselves there and sometimes people will be like oh well that's not enough or whatever but maybe it is because that then opens the idea for them to get comfortable in that space and sometimes we can be we want to go too big too fast which is why i think like new year's resolutions really you know burn people out because they just want to go like so heavy um, way too fast that they think of life as a sprint and it's really a marathon and so um incremental changes over time are way more sustainable and you make long-term growth rather than a explosion burst that flashes for a second and then dies out so it's about teaching people um how to how to do that I think that's great because that makes it so much more sustainable. Um, if people put all their eggs sort of in the same basket and they're all working towards just this one goal, and if I can just do this one big goal, you know, everything else is going to fall into place. That's rarely how it works because one, that goal probably isn't exactly as you envision it anyways, but there's going to be a lot of smaller side goals that you need to achieve. And if that's a work goal or a personal goal, like you have to keep balance in, in all sides. And I think that 
incremental little steps is such an important thing of just starting to make that movement. And for everybody, it's different. I think getting in the gym is a perfect, like just get familiar with it. Just walk around, say hi, make some friends, right? Like it doesn't have to be this dramatic, oh, okay, I'm gonna lose 50 pounds overnight and be in super great shape. And you know, it, we get too hung up on some of the big goals and we forget to just actually make progress, right? <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, Terry Ann, um, one of the things I know that's really difficult for a lot of leaders is to really showcase this to others because it takes a level of vulnerability um, to be able to really be out there and show that, you know, hey, I have fear too, or anxiety, or, you know, I, I want to do something new. I think leaders a lot of times have this persona that, oh, well, I, everything's fine. And, you know, I'm just able to go tackle it every day. But I'm sure you've come across quite a few people that definitely are still working towards some of those goals. So maybe talk about, you know, how you help people uh, not just be vulnerable to achieve their own goals, but also to inspire others around them, you know, in their team or in their companies. 100%. So I actually look at it as, uh, you know, leadership is, is like being a lighthouse, right? You know, I, and I sort of contribute if you were, I'm on the Bay of Fundy, it's really foggy here. And if I was in the Bay of Fundy in a canoe and it was foggy, God forbid, and uh, I was trying to get to the shore, I can't get to the shore if it's foggy and I don't know my way. But when you have a leader who's a lighthouse, who can lead the way through vulnerability, through lessons, through teachings, all of a sudden I'm in the fog, I'm trying to figure out how to hit my goals, how to hit my KPIs this quarter, but I've got a leader that's saying, hey, you know, two years ago, this is what happened. Actually, three weeks ago, this is what happened. Here's what I did. Because I don't think it's so much about sharing our war wounds. Like I know a lot of people think that's, that's what vulnerability is. It's like sharing your story of overcoming. It's like when I went up Mount Everest, fell back, and then I got back up, and I didn't get all the way to the peak, but I got three quarters of the way. When you can share those kind of stories with people, what it does is say, hey, I'm human too. I might have this role, this title. I'm human too, but at the end of the day, I make mistakes. I fall back 10 feet. Here's what I did to overcome it. Here's what worked, here's what didn't work. And it kind of gives people permission to mess up, right? It gives people permission to mess up. It keeps, it gives people permission to, you know, take a step back and to iterate and to tweak, like I said before, but it also gives them permission to say, you know, hey, this is what's working and this is what's not working, right? Mm. Yeah, I, I love that visual analogy of, of the lighthouse. And uh, I, I've been in a canoe in the fog in San Francisco Bay, so I can also go, where is the shore? Which way am I supposed to go? <laughs> uh, well, uh, it's time for us to take a quick commercial break and grab some water. We'll be right back with more from our guests. Hi everyone, Nikki Green here, and I am here to tell you that Chameleon Mindset is on its way. If you'd like to learn more about the Chameleon Mindset book, the online course that'll help keep you motivated and doing some of the fun Karate Kid exercises, go to chameleonmindsetbook.com and you'll find more information about pre-sales, bonuses, and so much more. We are back and uh, we're going to continue talking about risk tolerance. But Ali, why don't you give us some insight into sort of the other side, which is risk intolerance? Um, we definitely find many people uh, crossing in our paths with both sides of the coin. So um, share us some of your insights there. Yeah. So um, just kind of hitting back to what Terri Ann was saying um, earlier about 
you know, getting started and oh, I forgot how you worded it exactly, but the picture that came to mind, oh, the lighthouse, that's what it was, um, was this idea of also leadership and whatnot is teaching people how to eat elephants. And um, it's one bite at a time, just in case you're wondering. But the reason I'm pointing this out is because um, risk tolerance is being able to that the in my own in my own practice in my own life is it, it really is kind of upping the ante on uh, on something you are on you were before unwilling to do and it's like a muscle that you have to exercise so um i can remember when i was in college i was going on this trip to the dominican republic and it was my first international trip and yes i was meeting people that i knew from college and everything we were doing research but i'd never traveled like by myself on a plane internationally with a passport and like all this stuff and it was like a risk to to do this and um i remember just being wildly uncomfortable the entire time and uh you know as like getting there and like you know being in a different country and 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 doing all these things and going to these small communities and talking to people i didn't know and uh i would say that like by the end of the trip it was like i had kind of dissipated nothing really seemed that risky all right it was it was like a build up of tolerance that i had versus some people I have found that they're not, they, they literally live life with blinders on and they, they don't even recognize, um, like their intolerance to risk, I guess. Um, you need, you almost need something to like break you out of your mold. You need to put yourself in new situations in order, in order to kind of develop that muscle. If, if you just do the same thing over and over again, there's nothing wrong with that, but I don't think that's like who we're talking to here on this podcast is people who want to learn and grow and like adapt, right? So chameleons adapt mm -hmm. and they put themselves in new situations in order to to do that work and i think that that is just really important if you are trying to evolve adapt grow is you're gonna have to build that that risk tolerance muscle it's a little example but it can start like with something as like a trip to you've never been somewhere before and like that is uncomfortable to you um it can be starting a new job all of that so that's that's something i wanted to add I love that. And and throughout the book, I make the comparison between the zebra and the chameleon. And the zebra are those people where they think they've kind of figured it out. Like, I'm just going to stand out. I'm going to, you know, this is what I believe in. And this is how things work. The, the whole world, I know it all. I've done it all. Um, and many people get locked into this at a very young age. And it's, it's quite concerning because it does make them very risk intolerant. It means they just can't figure out that there's even a possibility of something else. And it closes them off to so much of the world. Um, I think traveling is a great example and something I always encourage people to do. And that could be as much as, you know, going to the next province or state, you know, away from you, or that can be going internationally. Um, there are so many great experiences of really being uncomfortable, you know, one, just being in a place you don't know, but what if you don't speak the language or you don't understand the culture and really starting to immerse yourself and, and understand those things. So th those were great examples. Thank you. Thank you, Ali.
Welcome. So one of the things, um, Terri-Ann, I want to talk about is the fact that, you know, sometimes people do risky things or they push themselves, but it's past a point kind of, of, of self-care or they kind of forgot what the goal is. Or sometimes somebody else is setting the goal and they don't really have an emotional attachment to it. So either they do it and they just don't care or they never actually finish the project. Um, so why don't you talk a little bit about like the fact that goals should probably be making us happy. <laughs> So I think there's um, there's a, a, a saying that I learned, I think last year, and I, and I love this because I keep it as a mantra, but I said it, I did it, I said it, I did it, I said it, I did it. And so I think what happens is you listen to a podcast, you read a book, anyone ever read the 5am club and think, oh, so to be successful, I need to get up at 5am, right? And so we set goals that are not actually in alignment with who we are. They're not connected to what our natural state or our natural being would be. Like, I am not a 5 a.m. club girl. And so the way we then, we, we tether a cord between our happiness and success, right? So if I get up at 5 a.m. seven days a week, then that means I'm going to be a success. And so what happens is, I said it, I did it, I said it, I did it, is how we feel confident. It's how we feel good about ourselves. It's how we have that constant state of joy. And if I say I'm going to get up at 5 a.m. every day, and I don't because I'm not a 5 a.m. girl, then I failed myself, which lessens my confidence and it's affecting my overall worth, my overall feeling of myself. And so I didn't say it and did it. I said it and I didn't do it. I failed myself. And so I think the question we always have to ask ourselves is scale of one to 10, how confident am I in achieving this goal? Scale of one to 10, how committed am I to achieving this goal? And is this in alignment with who I am as a person? You know, we talk about smart goals a lot, but really like, is it in alignment with me as a human, my truth, right? If I say, you know, you ask somebody, what's the most important thing in your life? They're like, oh, my kids, my spouse, you know, maybe their health, whatever. And then they go set a goal to radically transform their business or their career where it's going to take 70, 80 hours a week. Well, is that in alignment with what you just said was your priority? And so the problem is, is we're forever competing because we've been conditioned to think there's work life, professional life, and then there's this personal life. No, I'm sorry. It's just one big life. Like, I don't have two of me. There's just one of me. And so I think that's like a natural path to disaster on happiness, lack of success, lack of fulfillment, and that, that feeling like I'm not resilient, right? I can't persevere because we're literally setting ourselves up for failure. And so I think it's really important that you just, you, you only set goals that are actually important to you as a person that are attainable, they're realistic, but they got to be in alignment with your truth. I, I uh, have like that, a, that was perfect. Go for yeah. it, Molly. <laughs> I have like the best, the best example of this in my own experience that really was like transformative for me. So I realized I had a problem when I was, um, teaching. So I was an educator, high school chemistry teacher for 10 years. And as each year progressed, I realized there were two different versions of me. There was summer alley and there was school year alley. And as that chasm widened, I really didn't like the differences in who those people were. And so I needed to make a drastic change and figure out which of those was in a more alignment. In order to do that, I had to take a risk of leaving the classroom, so to speak, starting something new, right? Like, especially for educators, it can be particularly difficult because it's like a calling and, and a mantra and it's like, you do it for life. It's not like the normal workforce in a lot of ways where people are more like they flow and dip and dive to different things. 
But in order for me to know, like, which of those personas, uh, or if neither of them were, like, who I really wanted to be, I needed to literally jump off the cliff and say, I'm going to take a year at least off of teaching in order to kind of discover, like, who am I? I don't want to be a different person. Um, And I think that can be something, like, for your listeners, Nikki, is, you know, like, do you feel like you have different um kind of modalities or personas or people and like are they in alignment like are they are you reaching your goals and and is it in synchro is it in is it in harmony is it synchronized or is it discombobulated is it in different spaces because that can just be a really good like clue like maybe i do need a change and i need to do something different so if you're it's just like a good echo chamber um to kind of think about that in terms of where you might be whoever's listening to this whoever you might be in your own journey yeah, that that's great. And I know it's going to resonate with a lot of listeners because we do have a lot of teachers and educators that listen in and because they're also trying to help this next generation to better understand. And again, through leadership, showing some of that vulnerability of even them doing their own searching. And I know we're losing a lot of great teachers right now because they've had a very difficult time during the pandemic of trying to juggle so many things. And I really hope that we start to find a better way, a better path towards educating people and you know, helping people find that balance early on. So it's not something we're all struggling with as adults to get back in that harmony um, and peace for, for our lives. Um, well, time flies when we're having <laughs> fun. It is time for us to go. But before we do, I do want to give you each a chance to let the listeners know where they can find a little bit more about you or any cool projects you have going on um, that you'd like to share with them. So Ali, why don't you uh, sign us off there first? Perfect. Well, you can connect with me on LinkedIn at Allie Privet. Um, on Instagram is my playground, my friend Allie, and um, my website's www.myfriendallie.com. Easy to find. If you are looking to, you know, get out of your comfort zone, if you want to jump out of an airplane, or you just want to do something risky. Um, I, not only do I, I, I can host you on that. We can, I can coach you, but, uh, I also have a beautiful bed and breakfast in Northern Wisconsin retreat center to really get you out in nature and just come up and visit. And we will push, push you to wherever you want to kind of, you know, um, adventure, so to speak. Oh, that's fantastic. I, I love being outdoors. Um, you know, I, I grew up near Lake Tahoe in um, the Sierras on the West Coast. And uh, maybe with our chameleon community, we might be able to plan a retreat in the future. So you guys stay tuned and we'll keep talking to Allie about that. It's a very close drive from Chicago. So you can come visit me first and then we'll go see Allie. Well, Terry Ann, Canada's not that far. And I do plan to come visit with the book tour. <laughs> but Terry Ann, why don't you let us know where we can find you and uh, any cool stuff you have coming up. Awesome. Uh, so my playground is LinkedIn. So Terry Ann Richards on LinkedIn at Terry Ann Richards. And uh, my newest book, uh, Success Takes Courage. And really, it's just all about, uh, I think a lot of us ambitious leaders have already found sort of that pinnacle of success in our professional careers. But for some darn reason, we're all just unhappy, unfulfilled, and just not really satisfied. And so I'd like to take an inside out approach of finding both happiness and success. And so Success Takes Courage sort of takes you through that framework, that roadmap. Um, so play with me on LinkedIn, purchase the book and uh, learn how to be both happy and successful. 
Beautiful. Can't wait to read it. I'm looking forward to some quiet time over the holidays. I've got a nice stack of books I'm planning to read and it'll inspire my next book or podcast or whatever else I'm doing in the next year. So, all right, everybody. Well, this is the end of this episode. Um, you're going to continue learning more about chameleon mindset over season four here. I'm excited to have such amazing guests with deep expertise on these topics. Thank you so much to Terry Ann Richards for joining us and Ali Privet for sharing your expertise. Thanks, guys, and we will see you on the next one. Bye.